Father God, we thank you for February 1st. Thank you for today's reading. Thank you that you're here with us, Lord, carrying us, loving us. You love us so much, Lord. We thank you for that love. And we love you too. You've given us all things that we need through Christ Jesus. You supply all our needs, spirit, soul, and body. You give them as nutrition. You've given us spiritual values and joy. You've given us power. You've given us the wisdom of your Son, Jesus Christ. And you've given us His love, Lord. Thank you. We believe that we receive, we believe that we receive all our benefits, Lord. And we appreciate and forget not all your benefits. Our, our soul knows it very well. So we bless you. We bless you. Thank you for today's reading. Amen. Let's start. Right, Exodus chapter 13, 17 to 15, 18. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Wow. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. When he does, you must take my bones with you from this place. The Israelites left Sakath and camped at Etham at the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of, him, of, of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pi-Hathiroth uh, Pi between Migdal and the sea camp. Camp there along the shore across the Baal-Zippon. Then Pharaoh th will think, the, then Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled Pharaoh, and his officials changed their minds. Pharaoh, no, fled. Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away? They asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, with its commander, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, 
So he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fist <laughs> raised in defiance. I guess that's kind of a thenga. <laughs> that's where thenga in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Mama knew the Bible. I love okay. the Bible. <laughs> Uh, with all okay, the Egyptians chased after them with all their forces in Pharaoh's army. All his horses and chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Piharath, across from Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we are still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Leave it. Let us be slaves in the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Amen. That's for Jessica. We, we cry out to you, Lord. And we take the scripture on her behalf. The Egyptians uh, you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Amen. Amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Whoa. Tell the people to, to get moving, pick up your staff, and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed. Amen. Through Pharaoh and his troops his chariots, and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Wow. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and the Israeli camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on the dry ground. With walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and char charioteers chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on Egypt, on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud. And he threw their forces into total confusion. Wow. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. 
Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again, then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. And the Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all of the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day, and the Israelites saw bodies of Egyptians washed up in the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang their song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled, hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Amen. This is my God, and I will praise him, and my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashes the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw. At the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. The surging water stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the sea, the, uh, on the heart of the sea, the deep waters became hard. The enemy boasted, I will chase them and catch up with them. I will plunder them and consume them. I will flash my sword. My powerful hand will destroy them. But you blew your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? You raised your right hand and swallowed, and the earth swallowed our enemies. With your unfailing love you lead the people you have redeemed. In your might you might guide them to your sacred home. The peoples hear and tremble. Anguish grips those who believe in Philistia. Who live. Who live in Philistia. The leaders of Edom are terrified. The nobles of Moab tremble. All who live in Canaan melt away. Terror and dread fall upon them. The power of your arm makes them lifeless as stone. Until your people pass by, O Lord. Until the people you purchase pass by. You will bring them 
in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, reserved for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 21, 23 to 46. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority be to baptize came from heaven, or was it mere human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, I, he will ask us, why didn't you believe John? But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. But what do you think about this? And, and Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Wow. Beautiful. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went away. Then the father told the other son, You go. And he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed the father? They replied the first. Then Jesus explained this meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crops. But the farmer grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the heir to the state. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asks, What do you think he will do to these farmers? The religious leaders reply, He will put the wicked man to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. 
Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and they will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Amen. Praying psalm. Invite the Lord to scrutinize your life and commitment to Him. Rejoice in the confidence of His mercy. Psalm 26, 1-12. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gathering of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the false faith of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground and I will publicly praise the Lord. Proverbs 6, 16, 19. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill innocent, the innocent, a heart that plots evil, Feet that are raised to do wrong, and a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in family. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for reading of your word. We will now start our commentary. All right, now we can start our finishing up our yes. commentary. Amen. Okay, Anna, you're excited about the, uh, what was it, the... Uh, the, the advance of... Uh, yes. Well, let's talk about Jesus first. Yes. <laughs> Let me... Uh, to uh, I like the way Jesus uh, t- talks to them. You know, those guys try to push them around with arrogancy and, and uh, don't you know who I am? Those uh, teachers of the law and Pharisees. Yeah. You know, they would boss yeah. people around. You know, I know more than all of you. Yeah. And he goes, by what authority? And yes. He, and he turns you around. <laughs> by what authority do you? Uh-huh. <laughs> and not only that, he used it as a platform to, yeah. to, to slam them over and over yeah. again. Wow. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it's wonderful to see. And it's wonderful to see that you have to think. You have to really uh Put yourself. He expected them to think and to analyze and to find the Word of God, and, and you know, and this is, uh, you know, let's face it, it. You know, Christianity requires a lot of reading and a lot of thinking. Yeah, it's you know, I, I just like you said, he put them in their place when he asked them a question. Uh, you know, he came back with, "Well, you don't know, then I'm not going to answer you either." That's just <laughs> like. 
bam! <laughs> That's a true bam, you know. Okay, go ahead and read the uh, today's study. See if we okay. can get glean something out of it, please. Okay, uh, Matthew. Uh, today's study for Matthew 21, 23 to 27. Um, it says the Pharisees demanded to know where Jesus got his authority. See, they demanded. If Jesus said his authority came from God, they would accuse him of blasphemy. If he said he was acting on his own authority, the crowds would be convinced that Pharisees had the greater authority. Good, good deal. But Jesus answered them with a question that exposed their real motives. They didn't really want an answer to their question. They only wanted to trap him. Jesus showed that the Pharisees wanted the truth only if it supported their own views and causes. It's, easily, it's easy to harshly criticize the Pharisees, but we should also learn from them. How often do we do the same thing? How often do we ignore the truth when it challenges our own views? Wow, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Disagreement can often make us deaf. Matthew 11:15. If the Pharisees had recognized John's authority, then they would have had to acknowledge Jesus' authority too. Uh, doing so would have required humility. That price seemed too high to the Pharisees, but they would have gained so much more. When you're faced with truth that requires humility, consider all that you might gain by accepting it. What a good, good... Go ahead and talk on that. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like, he, Jesus is so full of wisdom. It, it, you know, um, he understood he was about to be trapped, you know, in the questions. And, you know, um, let's see. You know, it's very true. When someone doesn't agree with us, I found myself in this situation, you know, uh, when I get challenged and I don't agree, then I tend to, to, to not hear what the other person is saying. That's happened to me. Um, but we, we must, you know, when the truth comes, we must look at our, humble ourselves and just say, well, maybe there's something here. And, you know, how can I grow from this? If somebody is really trying to give me, you know, wise counsel... Um, you know, if I see that this might be, there might be an iota of a truth there, then I can open up myself up to humility. But if I don't even, if I'm closed-minded and I can't, you know, see where I'm wrong, then what happens is, you know, I shut down. I'm speaking for a lot of people here. But, um, mm -hmm. so, you know, but if I can at least in my, in my little pity brain, say there's a little there might be a little iota in what the person is saying let me see and begin to examine my heart if I'm in the wrong and see the areas that are not correct and then begin from there otherwise you know the truth because if the truth will set you free right if you know the truth the truth will mm -hmm. set you free so that's a good word right there you know um, the Pharisees were only bent on you know you do it's my authority. I'm greater than you. And th and they w didn't want to hear that. Amen. Amen. So, you know, Jesus was so full of wisdom in the way he addressed them all the time. But he didn't, you know what? He didn't cut them any slack is what I noticed. Mm. 
you know, he's always calling you brood of vipers, you this, you that, you know, even, uh, you know, he just is always getting them, you know, he's always nipping at them, um, because they're nipping at him first, but he always comes back with the right response, but I love how he tells that parable, Amen. you know, about the, the vineyard, you know, um, and let's see, it says here, you know, there's no fruit taking place in this vineyard because everybody, people are coming back to get their inheritance and there's, there's actually hatred and murder taking place and greed. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, you know, he says that there's got, there's got to be fruit. Later on, he says over here, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Okay, the proper mm -hmm. fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. Wow, and they're pretty smart because they realize that this was all about them. Amen. They're wicked. And they had fear. They didn't want to touch him because they, they knew the crowds were going to come after them. You know, believing that Jesus was a prophet, right? Amen. So, um, wow. But the religious leaders, I like the way they say, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyards to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Wow. I kind of almost think like, you know, if you are a religious leader and you are teaching the law and condemning people and not realizing, you know, not putting Jesus in front, he'll take care of it. You're not going to be a very successful preacher or pastor. Mm. Amen. And he'll give it to those who will give him the share of the crop after each harvest. So you know, put people in places that are going to begin to get the fruit for the harvest, the crops, you know, the souls. Mm -hmm. um, it's beautiful. Amen. Thank you, babe. Yeah. Um, one more thing, though. I really, when he, when he first replied, he said, uh, then Jesus explaining his meaning, I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way, okay? He came to prepare the way of the Lord, showing them the correct way to go. But they didn't believe. Mm. You didn't believe, mm -mm. okay? While tax collectors and prostitutes did. They believe in an instant. Amen. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe. So even when they saw the wonders that he was doing and the signs in front of them, because they knew he healed the, the man with the withered hand, they, they knew that they healed the the guy from leprosy, but they were questioning why was it done on the Sabbath. So you refuse to believe him and repent of your sins. Amen. Okay, you refuse to believe. So it's just a matter of not believing and repenting and repenting of your unbelief because unbelief is a sin. But then you, you really, as we've learned, that really when you repent, you're really turning your mind towards God now. God becomes your wisdom God becomes your salvation you know you look to God for your your you know how you act you amen know, so the right way really, to live yeah transforming of your mind to God 
Jesus. You know, it's really interesting. You gave me a platform. Uh, okay. Right here, we read Proverbs 6, 16 and 19, uh -huh. the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. And then we read Psalm 26, 1 through 12, mm -hmm. uh, verses 11 and 12. And uh, this is what happens. Watch. Well, I'll put all three of them together. And then the John, where we read okay. in Matthew, it says right here that the the... The tax collectors and the prostitutes, they come in uh, contaminated with these things, six things that the Lord hates. Seven things. Haughty mm -hmm. eyes, in other words, a proud look. A lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. A heart that plots evil. Mm. Feet that races to do wrong. Mm -hmm. A fault witness who pours out lies. And a person who sows discord in the family. They were all contaminated with either one or more of these yeah. things. Mm. Okay? And then it says on uh, verses 11 and 12 of Psalm, it says, But I am not like that, you say. Uh -huh. I live with integrity, so redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground. I will publicly praise the Lord um, because God has shown me. Now we go to John, has shown me the right way to live. And that's to, to receive the forgiveness of Christ Jesus. That's the right way to live. And to publicly praise the Lord is the right way to live. Because He has redeemed us and showed us mercy over these things. Now we're standing on solid ground. You know, we have been um, forgiven from these things. Yes. In Jesus' name. That's my Amen. little input. Amen. Amen. Wow. That is so... See? Um, yeah, John has showed us the right way to live. And then verse 11 and 12 of Psalm, But I am not like that anymore. I now live with integrity. I've been redeemed because mm -hmm. you have shown me mercy. Now I stand on the solid ground of Jesus Christ. I will publicly praise the Lord. Beautiful. Amen. Against these things. I was able, I've been delivered from these seven mm -hmm. things right mm -hmm. here. You know. Greed. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, let's move on to the uh, Old Testament. Amen. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, go Ray. Go ahead and start since I took a lot. Um, you go yeah. ahead and glean first. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I'm going to read today's study, Exodus 13, 17, what it says. Uh, it, it says, God doesn't always work in the way that seems best to us. We may see faster, cheaper, nicer, more enjoyable routes. But that may not be God's way. God didn't guide the Israelites directly from Egypt to the Promised Land. He took them a longer way to avoid fighting the Philistines. God gave the Hebrews a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire so they would know day and night that God was with them on their journey. In the same way, when we follow God's path, He goes with us. His presence with us on the journey is more important than anything else, even the destination. How good it is to be near to God, <clears throat> Psalm 37, 73, 28. God can see the end of your journey from the beginning, and He will go with you. When pillars has God given to you, He has given you His Word and His Spirit. He has given you His Word and His Spirit. You can trust in that. And the Hebrew look to the pillars of a cloud and a fire. You can look into God's Word day and night as a lamp to guide your feet. Psalms 119.105 
and the Holy Spirit will teach you everything you and will remind you of everything I, Jesus, have told you, John 14, 26. So again, in a nutshell, is uh, a, this is awesome because it goes to, we, we are obedient by thanking God that we're going through a roundabout way. Wow, yeah. The roundabout yes. way is people stepping on our toes, right. you know, why did you send me this way? Why did I did right. that? Why did right. I choose this? Right. Uh, I thought it was you when I bought this car. Now I can't make these payments, you know. Uh -huh. Things like that, you know. You yeah. get into a pickle. Right. And the Lord says that we're supposed to thank Him and praise Him all the way mm -hmm. and, and live in a higher plane. The Holy Spirit will teach us everything and will remind us of everything. Yeah, You know, I, 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 what came to mind was Jessica and how God has a roundabout way of doing things. You know, she's in, she got into this adult court, which wasn't the right way. And right before this trial that was going to happen in March, because the judge was mad and said, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. Now, look, this law comes in and they snatch all the cases that should have been in juvenile court. When she Beautiful. First. So I, I see the hand of God while I'm, I'm still, my heart is still yeah. uh, burdened for it a little bit. But I, I know that God's plan is a good plan for her. I know the words he spoke over her. See, I can draw near to God and believe him even through what I don't see. So that's that's exactly what I thought about. How merciful and how full of grace is our God because it says here that even though there was a shorter route, okay, God didn't lead him in that direction because it was going to be dangerous for them. It wasn't going to be the right way to go. He God has foreseen everything for safety for his people. You know, it's it's brilliant. It said if the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds. No, I don't What happened over here? They said, why did you bring us here, Moses? We could have died over there. See? They had already started feeling the calamity here. Or the, the, the fear set in. They would have done that early in the trial or whatever, in the wilderness. And they would have, you know, in their mind, they would have just changed their mind, like it says. So it's brilliantly put here in the Word. Um, they might return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Um, but they left like an army for battle. Imagine mm. that many people that came out like a swarm of army. You know, that many people. Um, and, I, I, you know, I just like the commitment that Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Because, you know, Joseph had, it said made the sons of Israel swear to do it. Okay, so they remember to take Joseph's bone, and in spite of everything that's taking place, let's bring along Joseph's bones, because it was something that they, they had committed to doing to, for him. Um, so he didn't want to stay there either. Joseph didn't want to stay in Egypt. It's not mm -hmm. where he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. um, so that was interesting. You know, when you were reading about that, I, I remember having dreams of uh, walls of uh, water. You know, just high, high walls of water. They must have been you know, at least 100, 200 feet high, and they were held back as I was uh, walking on the seashore, you know, like these things were being pushed back. Um, two things right here, actually three. I like uh, where it says, uh, first of all, I should mention, I got right here, that, that, he, that Israel left, who had left with a fist race in defiance. <laughs> It reminds me of my mom uh -huh. when they first the, the grocery stores uh -huh. introduced uh, mm -hmm. half a dozen eggs, six uh -huh. eggs, and to her she comes from Mexico. She says six huevos. 
Tenga, tenga, and she's in the middle of the aisle doing this, you know, up yours, up yours at 80 years old. You know, and I always remember her. And who uses that now sometimes? Oh, yeah, you do. Huh? Okay, and then uh, Moses, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians will see today and never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I like the way that says that. Just the Lord himself will fight for you. Himself will fight for you. Mm -hmm. What else do you want? You know? And then this other verse that says uh, 45, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Why are you praying to me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Or quoting scripture to me. Yeah. Tell the people to get moving. Now here, staff. pick up your staff. Raise and hand. raise your hand over the sea. Now, for us, it's pick up the, the, the scripture yes. and raise your voice yes. with the scripture uh -huh. over the problem. Yes, yes. And speak to it. Amen. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry land. So we pick up the word of God and we speak to our mountain. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. And, and my great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Now remember, mm -hmm. 10, this is the 11th plague. Yeah. This is the 11th. Yeah. You did 10. The children dying of the firstborn right. was the 10th. Uh -huh. This is the 11th sign. Yeah. And you know, yeah. another thing that comes to mind is the pillar of fire and the cloud that covered them from uh -huh. the sun uh -huh. at nighttime. Right. Now, we're immune to the beauty of the sun coming up and having fresh water and, mm. and the clouds coming and sprinkling spring water in the mountains and, and giving us unsalted water. Mm. We're immune to that. We're just, oh, it's just a common thing, you know. Right. So our unbelief is right. so uh, hardening, you know, that the, right. the ground gives us food, it grows, we just plant the seed. Right. But, it, you know, it takes a lot of, either a lot of, soul searching or, or, or problems to see God's glory yes. in these things. Wow. So they became, what I'm trying to say, they became immune right. to the fire. It's mm -hmm. like anything else. Mm -hmm. and another miracle of God. Mm -hmm. And to the cloud at night, it just so happens to be that, you know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just see that that uh, we, with familiarity, breathe contempt. So we need to be grateful yeah. and count our blessings Amen. and our benefits all the day long. And you know, uh, when the Lord told Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people, get moving, pick up your... Tick. Now for us, that's a word. It's a, a word right now for today. You know, pick up your word of God, use your authority, and speak to that problem. You know, and because the Lord, it says the Lord has given the earth to man. So, you know... Speaking is the way that we um, move mountains, you know, because the Bible said we read yesterday about the fig tree that has to obey you, you know, and um, in my in my experience, and I know you too, and when I'm speaking to something on my body, it shouldn't be there, and I, I say, you will obey, and I have experienced at least, you know, two or three times where that has come to pass. It took two weeks one time, but I, every day I kept speaking to it. I didn't give up mm. and say, oh, this thing doesn't work. You know, we don't speak it one day and go, oh, didn't work. No, you keep speaking to it until you see the, it come to pass, and it will come to pass. You know, so I, I kind of... You take uh, your authority amen. that Christ has given you, and you... I like to um, 
you know, when I stepped in the nail back there and the nail was hurting me for nine months, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was speaking to it. It just didn't seem to be working or I wasn't concentrating enough. Mm-hmm. So when I said, I started saying, I spoke to it. Then I, I added, Father, thank you for healing me. Father, mm-hmm. I would go directly Amen. to the Father. Thank you that your son just declared my, my case. Amen. And I already spoke to it. Mm-hmm. So in addition to that, I say, I get more, seem to get more. Father, please heal this ailment. And then at the ninth month, it went away. I was getting a little concerned because it was crippling me to the bathroom. Mm. And, uh, the, you know, the painting is, the, the nail had gone into some nerve and, and, uh, and the pain wasn't going away. I remember that. And so God, just one day, it went. It took nine months. Mm. So like you're saying, uh, it takes almost the birth of a baby. Mm. You know, as you keep your, that's why you need to write a list right. and, ask, and and write a letter to your father right. and speak to the situation, Amen. you know, with your authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like the word says in Mark chapter 11, 24, when you, whatever, whatsoever you pray, believe that you receive. You know, don't cast your prayer out with unbelief. Don't, yeah, believe that the Lord, don't, Father, Don't cast it out me. with the wrong, wrong words. I believe he you hears know. me. And then um, I believe I receive right. after he hears. Yeah, but this, this to me, this hearing, reading this says, uh, the Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Wow, that's beautiful. Uh, you know, we can say, Father God, um, I was wrong for getting into debt. Into death Lord I speak in Jesus name to for the death to be eliminated Amen Amen Supernaturally Lord death cancellation Nice music Mhm Not even my death for death to be gone Amen Amen. Mortgages, everything. Amen. We are Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today's instructions. Uh, And we love you and we praise you. Most asked Mm. questions. You may want to read that. Go ahead. I want to keep going with what we read first. And then whenever they... Keep going. I'm going to get... So... I'm amazed at, you know, you look at Pharaoh's army and his troops and his charioteers and his chariots. They were massive. It wasn't like this little, you know, bitty army going after them. They had the best of the best to to destroy the Israelites. And God just took care of it. Um, And I like the, and the strategy is, you know, God... Send them a certain way. That's God's strategy, so that you, in a roundabout way, then He positions the clouds differently. In this, in this particular scripture, He He moves it to the front. The pillar cloud moved from the front and stood behind them, mm-hmm. so that they would have, uh, you know, it says here, as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. So if they were so you know, desperate to destroy the Israelites, they couldn't get to them, right? Right. And um, I like this part too. It says the 
Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. Mm -hmm. So I'm just today when we heard the teaching about the east of Eden area where the Shekinah glory of God stood, it come, this came out of the east. So with and a strong east wind. So we, I think the east, whenever we, like the sun rises amen, in the east. Amen. You know, just getting that the east is, is an area that, that God... You know, he, he tells Job, mm -hmm. Job, do you know mm -hmm. where I house the mm -hmm. winds? Mm -hmm. Amazing, house uh -huh. the winds. What, what, a, what a statement is yeah. that, huh? And look, at it said, the wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into a dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with the walls of water on each side. I kind of just picture like this aquarium. Here goes the water split. Now I've got all these fishes and I'm looking at them. You know, it's just, that's what I was really getting a visual. But, um. And that is amazing power yeah. of God, you know. So it's the strong east wind that, that blew, but it says it blew all that night. So I wonder how long it took, you know, to well, get that seabed here. Apparently 12 hours into the next day. Yeah. Till the morning, uh -huh. till they can see daylight. And then they had a, the fire pillar kept the, uh, it, Egyptians are coming at them. Yeah, it, but then it says, then it says, then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariots chased them into the middle of the sea, but just before dawn. So I don't, kind of like in my mind, I'm trying to picture the timing of everything. Well, just before dawn, you can still see, because, you know, the sun is not up. Right? Dawn is the rising of the sun. Right. You know, and right. the, the sun has already have made the, the the light blue the sky or gray, and you can see. And this is what he did. He just threw those people. He forced them into confusion. Just like it, you know, we read many times that the Lord confuses the enemy in the scripture and other, other areas. But this is incredible because he did it by just twisting their wheels. Okay, their wheels got twisted. I didn't know that, you know. Uh, making their chariots hard to drive, and they just, it was not going well for these guys, you know. Um, and they recognized the Lord is fighting for them. Let's get the heck out of here. Oh, oh I said heck. But anyway, um, that's probably what they said. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, and the, and the Lord just knew the timing. You know, we're looking at strategy, you know, the mighty hand of the Lord, the way he said it was going to be done, but it's my mighty hand and power that's going to bring you out directly by himself. But we see the strategy all the way through here. You know, it's just timing, you know, when to close that baby up to see. And, um, wow, it's just, it's just quite a story. Um, not a single one survived. No. But, and then the scripture says later, you know, we're going to read that, all of them um, came out with silver and gold, and not one of them was feeble. Mm. So no one died when they got pulled out of there. But all, every single one of the enemies did. So that's the kind of God we have. We have a, a God that just sweeps it up. He swept it up. Um, amen. Uh, amen. Precision, huh? Uh-huh. That's beautiful. Precision, yeah. For uh, us, you know. Yeah, and it, when they saw his mighty power, the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him, and they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant, and in the great song that came out. Amen. 
All right, uh, most asked questions, did Exodus really happen? The Exodus. There's nothing else like the Israel accounts of its past in the literature of the entire ancient world. There's no report in Egypt text of the kind of events the Bible describes. But no ancient people ever reported the disaster they themselves experienced except Israel. Other ancient people only report good things with the belief that the reporting itself would determine the final outcome. The Bible's historical reporting is unlike anything else found in the ancient Near East. Archaeology cannot prove that certain events happen, but it can demonstrate that conditions will have permitted the events to occur. That is true of the book of Exodus and of the Bible in general. Egyptians' records and archaeology neither confirm nor contradict the Bible's records. However, the text of Exodus shows an intimate familiarity with Egyptian thought and culture. The writers of the Bible believed they were reporting actual events and they expected their readers to take them as such. If the Bible is in fact God's inspired word, 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Peter 1.20-21, then these events cannot be fiction. Exodus 18, 8 to 12, records the words of Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. Jethro praises God for delivering the Israelites from Egypt. This the first example of someone who put his faith in God because of a testimony about what had actually happened. Faith in God and in the Bible has a strong historical basis. God really has entered into history to act for the salvation of humanity. His acts include Israel's exodus from Egypt and climax in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, His Son. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, it just goes to show you that this kind of story, I mean, not even the brightest of the brightest, you know, people writing movies today can create this. This is just detail by detail there's just too much detail in it you know what i mean it's just like um I really it's a script that would be hard to replicate in this time mm-hmm. you know if it wasn't true i really like the um you know the accounts of uh people that study the rocks the formations and so forth mm-hmm. they um you know they're Christians. You know they they show how the plates were moved. How the Bible says that the uh, in the flood the uh, mm. well you're talking about the flood. Mm-hmm. Now the flood already happened here right. in this right. area, um, but the layers the layers of uh, of sediment, you know the mud, you know, and it's usually uh, limestone that's all over the place. It's uh, dried up, and like you have up in the uh, Alps, or where is that, uh, Mount, Mount Everest? You have seashells and stuff up there, you know? That when the place collided, the uh, the jagged mountain shot up. Anyway, uh, there, Ryan White, Ryan White, Ron White? Ron White, Wy- Wyatt. Right. Wyatt has uh, demonstrated so many uh, evidences. He found, uh, he said they found uh, uh, chariot wheels on the Red Sea crossing. He found uh, the place 
there used to be a couple of pillars placed uh, in the crossing there. They say that Moses, I mean uh, Solomon, placed them there. Memorials, two giant pillars, and it was inscribed with, uh, you know, writings saying that this is the spot where the Israelites had crossed. Now they moved it. The uh, authorities over in that country, they moved. I don't know where it's at, but there were two of them, and they, they, and then they moved it too close to the road, and then probably somebody stole it. But it was pretty huge. And there's supposed to be one on the other side. And they found out that the ocean, in some places where that Red Sea, is, it, it goes down. But in, and in one place, there's level, like a bridge. You know, in other words, there's like a, a, a canyon under the water. But in this place where they crossed, there was sand all the way across. So it's really interesting that the, it, the, the scars show that, you know, the Bible is true. Yeah. The yeah, stars on the earth. You know, especially hearing, uh, is it Ron Wyatt or Kent Ho Ron Wyatt is the one talks about the Ark of the Covenant being, you know, found in Africa. Where was it he found it? They found it in Egypt. The Ark of the Covenant, yeah. he found it in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, okay. So, um, just the way he talks about when they found it and what, you know, the blood that was still on it and how they tested the blood and they found, you know, beautiful, beautiful blood's account. alive. What do, we, what do we hear? Blood speaks. You can see that in YouTube. Yeah. Ryan White. Yeah, long before this DNA thing ever happened, you know, the blood is still on there that many years and can be proved. Yeah, 23 chromosomes in it. Yeah. You know, they thought the blood was dead, but they, they moved it, they mixed it, and they found that to be half. Only the only the father's chromosome, mm -hmm. not not well, mother's. Not the mother's, because the mother didn't. Um, and then you know, there's. You just believe it in your heart, like this. The way the writer says, this Bible was written, so the, the writers assume that we believe. Belief is a normal thing. Jesus, when Jesus came, he was astonished at people's unbelief. Yeah. But belief is, you know, you know, it's a love. It's a love and appreciation for things. It's a belief. Amen. And people will lose that. Why? Through the seven things we talked about yeah. in uh, in Proverbs, because they 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 point, they accuse, they rebel. You know, they plot evil and they do wrong, and and that they causes unbelief to leak. So when the right scriptures come along, they have a hard time. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word, Lord God. Thank you that you do what your word says. You accomplish what your word says. You confirm what your word says, Lord. And it's honey in our hearts, Lord. And we believe what your word yes. says. And we receive your word and your instructions today, okay. Lord. We dedicate ourselves today and this whole month of February, February 1st. We put it into your hands, Lord God, that it may prosper, Lord. Amen. Thank you for showing us your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wow. That was such a good read. I mean, I really, one of the first times that I really read what went on in that time. I was almost back in there seeing it, you know, and just, oh. And we got you on tape, honey. Oh.